Welcome to the CultureWise Podcast, where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom and grace. Here we aim to discuss topics relating to how followers of Jesus can more effectively reach Latter-day Saints in their relational networks. For more information about this podcast, check out our pilot episode titled, What is this podcast about? My name is Daniel Schugert, and I'm joined today by Ross Anderson and our guest, Don Kraft. Don, how can you share with us uh, about yourself? I know you moved out here in 2003 and are currently uh, the pastor of Mountain Road Church at the time of this recording, Um, but what can you share about um, yourself? Well, thanks, Danielle. It's really good uh, to be here with you and Ross. And uh, yeah, we moved out here in 2003. We just missed the Olympics. Too bad for that. But mm-hmm. we moved out here in 03 from uh, Florida and had a long history uh, in the South. But for many years, had felt God's uh, tug on our hearts to go out, out West. Kind of really had on the radar, maybe Colorado, that kind of thing. But then we found out about Utah through a mutual friend and got really excited. And as we prayed about it, definitely felt that God was moving us uh, to, to Utah. So uh, next spring, uh, we'll have been here two decades and have been here uh, 20 years. So I pastored a church for 12 years in Layton, and now uh, for about five years, uh, another church in uh, Fruit, Fruit Heights, and both of those just north of of Salt Lake City. So it's been just a, a wonderful, marvelous adventure, and we're Love Utah culture and are, are really glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know you've found a really good niche here in ministry in Utah, uh, specifically with reaching out to the leaders of the LDS church. So tell me a little bit about that. Is, is that something that um, you you saw someone else do? Is that something you intentionally started doing right off at the bat? Or, or how did you get involved in that? Yeah, you know, so I didn't specifically have in mind, okay, I want to try to reach uh, Mormon bishops and stake presidents and and Mormon leaders. When I came to Utah, I was probably like a lot of people, I really knew very little about about Mormonism. Mm -hmm. So I was doing kind of a crash course, you know, and reading books. Most of those books were not all that helpful. As you know, more kind of a a focus on uh, Mormonism as a cult rather than a culture. So I had to adapt uh, and read and study, and uh, a lot of what Ross has written is super helpful with that. Uh, but uh, I started just thinking it's really an opportunity and a wonderful thing maybe to get to know uh, the, the bishops in, in the various wards. And so I did take some initiative with that uh, to just go over and, and meet uh, bishops, uh, and then that really blossomed into growing sincere genuine friend, friendships, and then the word kind of got out, and so other bishops told uh, their bishop friends, and so it's really uh, led to some amazing relationships and conversations with numerous bishops and some stake presidents. Mm-hmm. So, so Don, that's really fascinating. Give us a sense of just how you really even began that. How do you find these people? I mean, because the, a bishop doesn't have a office every day of the week in the ward building. They're a businessman or a, they have a, a full-time job. So how did you initially connect with, identify and figure out you know, who the individuals were that you wanted to reach out to? So lots of times uh, uh, in our churches, we have people that live in the neighborhoods and they know who the bishop is. 
And so one way to tap into that is is to say, are you aware of who, who the bishop is and, and how can I get some contact info? Um, I've also found out that that bishops in both churches I've pastored here in in Utah, they like to drop by the church themselves, too. And so in some cases, it's been them that have knocked on the door mm. and said, hey, you know, I'd like to get to know you a little bit, and I'm the bishop across the street. And I've looked at cars in the parking lot before, you know, and went and kind of knocked on the door uh, sometimes as well. But usually it's been more along the lines of, I found in my, my churches that, that the people in my congregation know who the bishops are in their neighborhood. And and how how does that typically go? Is it is it met with some skepticism? Is it met with good reception? Well, for the most part, uh, there's a definite intentional movement in the Mormon church to build relationships with evangelicals. Uh, and uh, that I think that's a wonderful thing. It's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I've lived here long enough that it's all kind of across the board in, in different kinds of uh, responses. So mostly I found bishops very uh, open and engaging and uh, friendly, um, but I've also found some uh, that uh, obviously are a little standoffish, uh, a little defensive, um, and maybe polite, but you can tell they're mm. sort of being polite, yeah. but not really that interested. And so that just takes a little bit more time uh, in investing in just normal everyday conversations about life, about family, about friend, about friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how do you you mentioned maybe a little standoffish, maybe a little defensive, and I can understand that because many of them, if they served a mission uh, back in the day or whenever, they got a lot of maybe negative interaction with evangelicals. Mm-hmm. So how do you how have you learned how to overcome maybe that barrier, that suspicion or trust barrier? What are some ways that you've found to be effective? Well, that's a really great question, Ross. And so I would say the main thing that comes to my mind is asking them uh, about their history. And almost all of them, of course, have been on a mission. It's a great way to start and just say, uh, did you go on a mission? And where where did you go on your mission? And what was that like? And oh, my goodness, you know, you went to Ireland. And what's that culture uh, like? And and so how did you find your mission to be? That's really an intense time uh, with just a very loaded schedule, almost seven days a week. And uh, how was it with uh, people that you worked with, with your companion and that, you know, that kind of thing? And so when they see me start to be genuinely interested, and that's probably the main point I would make, is that it has to be absolutely sincere. If we if we go into a relationship with a Mormon leader with an agenda of apologetics to show them why their theology is completely wrong, it's not the way to start at, at all. It's, it's to genuinely, sincerely, respectfully treating them uh, with dignity as someone made in the image of God. Uh, to build a friendship. And so when you show that genuine interest almost all the time, I found that those fences start to to break down, those walls start to come down. And I think what they're thinking is, well, this this guy really actually does care about me. Mm-hmm. He cares about my past and my history, and he's even asking me questions about my, fa- my faith. And so that really works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've found as soon as I 
discover that someone went on a mission, there's a plethora of questions to ask and they love answering. And so many people have had wildly different experiences, even even though many of them are doing the same sorts of things. The the feedback that I hear from my friends and other leaders that have been on a mission is so unique to them. And so I I find myself genuinely interested because I want to know what they experienced and how they um, took experiences out of it. Mm-hmm. What are some lessons that you've learned as you've been active in engaging with Latter-day Saint leaders? Um, I, I think, again, you know, that uh, we, as evangelicals, we want to we get into uh, the, the big theologies and the differences uh, in, in theology and our view of God and the Father and Jesus. We want to jump right into those, and there's a time and place for that. But it's not what we start out uh, right out of the gate gate with. It becomes too uh, really not contentious, but maybe starting to get argumentative, mm. um, and that's just not the the right place to start. So I always start with, you're an interesting person. I want to know who you, who you are. And again, I can't emphasize enough that has to be absolutely sincere. People can tell if you're faking that right away. Mm. Um, and this is true of, of sharing uh, with with anybody that you meet, not maybe not just Mormons, but right, anybody right. who's not really a follower of Jesus. Uh, I would say that principle is exact exactly the same. So the biggest lesson I've learned is is it, it relaxes me too that I don't have to all of a sudden have my apologetic mind, you know, uh, you know, sharp and top and going. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's really starting out with this is an interesting person. I want to hear. I want to hear their story. But then after that, as a friendship is built, it may take numerous times of getting together. It, it probably is not going to happen the first time. Uh, but then not being afraid to then start to in- introduce some theological conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, I'm sure our, our listeners are interested in what what the balance is there for sure. You know, to say it's more than... I want to go farther in some way than just being friends with my neighbors. Exactly. I mean, I love to be friends with my neighbors, but how how do I get to those places? Mm-hmm. How do I? I mean, uh, you know, when you think about it, the the doctrinal or the uh, worldview divide is a pretty big thing, mm-hmm. and um, it probably easier at some level if nobody acknowledges it. So how do you, how do how does it come up? I mean, how do you bring it up? Yeah, that's a really great question. And so I'm still learning with this as well. We, oh, all, we all are. But one thing that I've done is um, I've started to bridge that by saying, uh, so it's very clear your faith is a very important part of your life. And so mm-hmm. tell me about that. I'd like to hear about that. Uh, and then it naturally leads to well, faith is a very big part of my life, too. And I, I naturally then have an opportunity to start to begin to talk about about, about my faith. Another thing that can uh, be a bridge is it's very common in, in uh, Mormon conversations for a Mormon to say, well, we have way more in common that we, than we have different. That's just a very common refrain. And my response to that, uh, well, let me tell you what's wrong, not a good way to go first. You don't want to say, well, no, that's not true. Uh, what you want to say is that's a really interesting statement, and so I'd like to hear from you. What do you think we have in common? And mm-hmm. and then I'd be interested to know how do you think we're different, and that leads to a really fruitful conversation. So there's some things that they'll say that we hold in common, you know, along moral grounds and things like that. 
but then, of course, there are huge differences, uh, and then you can gently lead lead that. We always want to avoid uh, contentious conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, how do you identify yourself when when you're meeting? Uh, Latter-day Saint leaders, do you lead with saying that you're a local Christian pastor, or do you lead a different way? No, I do that. I, I say, hey, my name is Don, and, and I pastor this church in Fruit Heights, and and I'm living here uh, in, Fru- in Fruit Heights, and uh, just uh, love being in, in, in Utah. So another thing that I'll mention that I use all the time is genuine compliments, and so this is a little contextualized in, in Utah, uh, but I always sincerely and genuinely in a conversation, especially if I'm with a group of bishops, which I've done before, mm-hmm. um, is uh, genuinely uh, and sincerely talk about some of the things that I really appreciate about Utah, the settling of Utah, the culture in Utah, the sacrifice, the pioneerism uh, in Utah between uh, eight. 1847 and 1869, 100,000 people coming across with handcarts. I was in one group with seven bishops and a stake president, and I asked them, so raise your hand if if uh, you have uh, relatives in, y- in your history who pulled a handcart across the West. Every single one of them raised their hands. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot to compliment. Um, and even outside of Utah, we can always find things to to compliment uh, about with people, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's the what's the value of um, you know leading the conversation more relationally and not always talking about theology or always talking about the gospel? Well, I think bottom line is that you get more open ears. Um, if if we're going strictly into almost like a classroom theological uh, de- debate, it's a bit cold, mm-hmm. and by nature, it's a bit confrontational. Yeah, and, and uh, I I feel like building a sincere relationship uh, gets a, a lot deeper conversation ultimately. Uh, and then uh, really uh, more receptivity to listening to di- differences. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned you met one time with seven bishops and a stake mm-hmm. president. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, tell us, I think, I think this would be really interesting to hear about some of the different um, encounters or some of the different opportunities you've had to speak to different LDS groups or, 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 or meet with. And, and you know, so I'd I'd love to hear about if I was a fl- love to be a fly in the wall in some of those meetings. So I'd love to hear from you, Don, about kind of what are some of the things that stand out to you that you've had opportunities, and you know, kind of what happened in those different meetings. Give us a little bit of a an overview of some of the highlights, I guess. Well, if you were a fly in the wall, you would probably take notes and afterwards say, "Gosh, Don, why didn't you say this or why did you say that." <laughs> And that's another point, maybe, is that we don't have to have a perfect uh, theology or, or maybe a, a perfect apologetic, maybe is what I'll, I'll change that word, mm-hmm. uh, and feel like, oh, I can't, I can't share this unless I'm absolutely airtight. Uh, we should never feel that way when we're trying to share, share our faith. Sure, let's grow uh, and get more skilled in our apologetics and our evangelism, but if we're going to wait until we're perfect with that, we'll, we'll never talk to anybody. So um, I've had the opportunity that God just really opened it up uh, to speak to two different Mormon youth groups. Mm-hmm. One was uh, my next-door neighbor, neighbor uh, said, hey, our youth group is exploring other faiths. That was the interesting way to put wow. it. Yeah. And we'd like for you to come and speak to our youth group and share what you, what you believe. And so I went and did that. 
and uh, they had probably 60, 80 kids or so and quite a few adults, and they broke it up into to three different groups. So I was talking to about 20 kids at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I sketched out uh, fundamental uh, theological beliefs that e- any uh, evangelical would hold to, and then went into a Q&A time, and I found that the students were really interested. Uh, that I was really impressed with how interested they were. And then the great questions that they would answer. And again, trying to set that up as, as a friendly dialogue uh, and, and, and not a contentious di- dialogue. And then I had the opportunity uh, with the second youth group to do the same same kind of thing, and their dads were all there too. It was, it was a boys group in that particular mm-hmm. case, and about both times about ninety minute conversations that really ended up rotating then around big stuff. Who is God? Uh, what's the nature of God? What about the Trinity? You know that kind of thing. Who is Jesus really? It got into the the big stuff then with Q Q and A. And I just found it just a really a fascinating time. That that atmosphere was a friendly atmosphere, an engaging at- atmosphere. Uh, and then I've had the opportunity uh, with adults to with with bishops. Uh, and really, the way that that really kind of got rolling was um, again a Mormon initiative that we wanted to have uh, friendly relationships with evangelicals and try. To figure out how we can have better uh, better relationship, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are really suspicious about that. How is the Mormon Church trying to manipulate this? I don't care how the Mormon Church is trying to manipulate that. Yeah, what I care about is honest, genuine conversations mm-hmm. about the gospel yeah. and about Christ and about about uh, a God. And so, um, yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit uh, when you're ready to about the elephant in the room. Yeah, certainly. Share share with us about that. You had mentioned this concept of an elephant in the room. And it sounds like sometimes it's, it's known, sometimes it's not even known, but how do you see it? So um, I haven't held back from uh, talking about what I call the elephant in, in the room. And I found that uh, Mormon leaders are fascinated with that idea and they want to know, well, what is the elephant in the room? And let's talk about those things. And so usually I've already built a relationship and I've already set a tone of friendliness and dialogue and showing them respect and genuine friendship and care care for them. So that's already been laid in uh-huh. place. Yeah. So you don't start out with the elephant in the room. But uh, the elephant in the room then is, well, let's just admit that we see the nature of God very differently. But can't we talk about those things? Let's talk about those things uh, in in a way where we're still listening to one another and being respectful to one another. And so then I just bring it up and I say, well, we look at God the Father very differently. Mm-hmm. So is God the Father, the eternal, a God who has always existed? Or uh, is Heavenly Father a man who uh, became, became God or achieved uh, Godhood? It's a very different view. And then ultimately we get into the big T word, Trinity, hmm. yeah. uh, and uh, we have to admit that that word is not in the Bible, although it's clearly taught in, in the Bible. And then I kind of try to go ahead and make it safe to lay it on the table and say, okay, we look at this very differently. Is Jesus the eternal Son of God, second person of the triune God, or is he the firstborn spirit child? And we go right, you know, I just put it on the, on the table. <laughs> yeah. And so some interesting questions get asked, and we have to be prepared 
uh, to not be defensive if a Latter-day Saint says, that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's yeah. the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. It makes no sense to me because they've been taught very, very differently. Yeah. yeah. So not to not be defensive about that, but to just can try to keep the conversation going, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy to get, it's easy for both pe- parties on both sides to feel like, oh, I'm about to be attacked here, mm-hmm. right? So that's why you said you don't bring it up right off the top, mm-hmm. right? So you have some, some uh, you have, you have some, you've made some deposits in people's trust relational bank accounts, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such an important point, and it goes beyond Mormonism, too, with anybody who is just not a follower of of Jesus. We've got to have some emotional uh, uh, stuff in the bank, like Mm -hmm. you just said, Ross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you shared some of the opportunities that this initiative has opened up for you, but what what are some encouraging experiences that have kept you going and kept you continuing to engage with and build relationship with LDS leaders? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So a couple of different things come to mind uh, with that. Uh, when we're sharing our faith, uh, maybe with anybody, but especially Latter-day Saints, we've got to realize that you were, we're sowing seed, and uh, God will water uh, that seed as, as he decides to, to, to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a, a long journey for someone who has been born and raised, especially in an LDS culture, to begin to think maybe what I was taught doesn't really pan out. And if they start to explore that, it can be a very traumatic uh, experience, especially here in, in Utah. So I think that that in any kind of evangelism, if we're really results-driven, uh, that can be a pretty frustrating experience. I think it's more, um, I'm, I'm called to be faithful to, to share. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, uh, over time, I've I've seen some interesting things happen, yeah, uh, yeah. with uh, Mormon conversations, and so uh, one of one relationship that I've built that's gone really deep and has existed for a couple of years now, we got right down into the nitty gritty, uh, and again we had built many uh, a great friendship over many conversations. So we didn't just dive down into this, but we ended mm-hmm. up having about an hour's discussion one time. About so, what is the very essence of Jesus? <laughs> yeah, and that was a really interesting conversation. Um, I've watched this person still be very tied into Mormonism, but then now say, I think that I don't think Mormons understand grace. Um, and then I've also seen this person say, uh, Mormons don't have a clue to really the attributes or the char- character hmm. of God, and I no longer believe that that God is, uh, was a created be- being, that he is eternal and has always existed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just a huge yeah. leap yeah. when a conversation goes that far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know that to a large degree, um, we, have to, we have to respect those that we're in conversation with, at the same time respecting the Lord who provides those opportunities and makes the way uh, and and waters the seed in ways that we don't we don't see we don't know how but we can trust him with it so it, the endurance even when we don't see exactly. is really uh, important but also recognizing that God's going to give us glimpses of the work that he has done and is is encouraging us with mm-hmm. so why why might other people uh, consider engaging with specifically LDS leaders um, but really just any any Latter-day Saint in their relational network? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, bottom line, I think it's 
it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't it not fun to have faith conversations with someone? Uh, and just to relax and realize, you know, that the Holy Spirit, we're promised the Holy Spirit is going to be working. Uh, and, and, and God is in the business of drawing people to himself, to mm-hmm. saving faith in, in, in Christ. And you know, we want to be as faithful as we can be with that. But it's, God, you know, it, it's God's responsibility to really open some, someone's eyes. But why wouldn't you have, want to have a, a conversation with someone to learn more about their faith and why they believe what they believe and then having the opportunity to share what, what you believe? We're not just called to, to be obedient and do that in Scripture, I think, if, if if we have a fundamental uh, be- belief uh, that that people are are interesting and fun yeah. to get to know, yeah. I think that that helps a lot. What might you say to some some people who are beginning this kind of relational work and and don't necessarily know what to do or how to do it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you can find uh, an interest that you have with a, a neighbor or friend, of course, that's a great thing. You know, if you like to ride bikes together, you like to hike together. If you've got kids, that's a natural thing, you know, to, to hang out and do do things with kids. You can invite people over for dinner and just say, you know, I would like to get to know you better. Uh, and don't have a big, great, big evangelistic agenda at that yeah. dinner. You know, just have dinner and enjoy uh, the, those folks. And so... I can't emphasize enough that it that it just starts out with genuine interest in friend, friendship and then uh, talking more o- over time about faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a role of hospitality even. Yes. Having, having others in your home for a dinner or something like that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Don. It's great to hear from your experience and, and hopefully we can encourage others and, and our, ourselves as we walk out in some of these relationships. Again, this is the CultureWise podcast where God's good news meets the Latter-day Saints with wisdom and grace.